Welcome to Rockbrook Church Podcast. Today's message is part of a series called Building Your Life on Values That Last. We know that God designed values for us to live by and to give us meaning and purpose in this life. We would love to hear from you and how God is using this message to give you a new perspective and hope. Email your story to church at rockbrook.org. Do you feel like life uh, is like diffusing a time bomb? You know, the Midwest has this reputation, Missouri, Kansas, the Midwest, of just being small town and easygoing, front porches, stress-free. And I have learned after living here my entire life, it's all a lie. Like all the songs, small town southern man and everything, it's all a big lie. It's not true. We're up against the clock as much as anyone. And this week, we're going to look at a value that is universally admired and universally ignored. We all want it in our life, balance, but I have yet to meet very few balanced people. And God established the universe, though, on the principle of balance or equilibrium. Every nook and cranny of the universe is balanced. Nature is a system, an ecosystem that lives in balance. God set up a food chain with plants and animals to live in harmony. The earth is balanced on an axis. Architecture, this building, any other building, is, has a principle of balancing stress load. So if there's no, people say, well, I want a stress-free life. Well, there's no stress, the building collapses. If there's too much stress, the building collapses. And if your life is not balanced, it will collapse. And the Bible talks about this balance. It talks a lot about the balance between work and rest. In Colossians 3.23, it says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. So good, hard, focused work is godly it's biblical. So let's just put this on the table today. It is completely reasonable for your employer to ask for 40 good solid hours from you or however many hours you've agreed upon. It is right for them to say they want those hours to be focused. They don't personal projects, no shopping, no social media. That's right for them to do that. The Bible also talks about rest. Psalm 127.2 says, It's senseless for you to work so hard from early in the morning until late at night. God wants his loved ones to get what? Their proper rest. God is concerned about your work. He's concerned about your rest. He's concerned that you're in balance. That you're in harmony with every, the way he created everything else. The human body, not just the universe, the human body is built with this principle of balance. Okay, you have, your body has systems, a circulatory system, respiratory system, nervous system, digestive system, skeletal system, all these systems. And when one of those systems gets out of whack or out of balance, it's called dis-ease, dis-ease. And what happened, what health is when you can get all those systems working in balance together. When one of them gets out of balance, you're out of whack, but health is when healing happens, when balance comes back to the body. And God is interested in you living a balanced life. We're going to talk about balance today, B-A-L-A-N-C-E, and we're going to look at some principles from God's Word. Now, what I want to share with you today 
is nothing new. You're not going to hear anything that's going to blow your mind today, anything brand new, but it's stuff we've got to hear over and over again. We've got to hear it periodically to do it because you're not balanced if you hear it. You're balanced. You've got to do it to do it. So let's walk through balance together. What's the B if you're taking notes stand for? B stands for build. And that's the first key is I've got to build my life around Christ. Why? Because Jesus Christ was the only person who ever lived a perfectly God-honoring life. And so if I want to be balanced, I've got to base my life on him. Okay, balance, Jesus Christ defines what balance is. Not something I come up with in my mind, not a magazine, not a blog, not some health writer. Jesus Christ defines balance. And if he is at the center, he can teach me how to be balanced. A few weeks ago, I I invited you to think of your life, to just think of your values and rank them one, two, three in your life. I said, whatever's in first place, that's your God. It's the thing you value most. This week in the message and in your small group study guide and your small groups together, I invite you to think about it a different way. I want you to think about your life like a wagon wheel. And you have all these different spokes that represent all the different aspects of your life, your relationships and your marriage and your kids and your activities and the sport you play and uh, all the different things you got to do. You got to get a haircut. You got to get shoes. There's all this stuff going on in life or your career, everything that you're trying to balance in life. And I want to ask you this week, here are the spokes, but what's at the center? What's at the hub of your life? Because the hub informs everything else. The hub is where you get the power to do everything else. The spokes don't have power. They're just balancing the wheel. But what's at the hub is connected to the axis that's connected to the point of power. That's giving you power for your life. And if you have anything there that can't hold up to the weight of being a hub, you're going to crack up at the edges. And people will say, well, I'm just so fatigued and they're flaming out and they're burning out and they're not making it to the finish line because they've taken something that was supposed to be a spoke and put it at the center. And it can't live up to the pressure and it can't give the power that only Jesus Christ can at the center. Anything less than God and you're going to be disappointed in your life. You're going to flame out. You're going to burn out. You're going to have a power shortage in life. Now, how do you know what's at the center of your life? It's very simple. What do you think about the most? Because every time we make a decision, we think about what things will be affected by that decision. If I do this, this will be affected. And you're thinking about something in the background of your life all the time. And when God is at the center, you think about, if I make this decision, how will it impact my relationship with God? How will it impact my relationship with Christ? Will it make me more Christ-like or less Christ-like in my character? That's how you know what's at the center, is what do you think about? What are the ramifications you think about every time you make a decision? And only Christ can live up to that pressure. Only Christ can give you the power. Only God is strong enough to hold your wheel together and hold your life together. So whatever you put at the core of your life is going to influence everything else. It's the controlling factor. And if you don't have God there, I invite you to get God there as quickly as you can. Otherwise, you're not going to make it. Matthew 6.33 
Jesus said this, seek the kingdom of God above all else. Another translation says, make him your primary concern and live righteously and he'll give you everything else that you need. If you put Jesus Christ there, he can direct, he can supply, he can be the source of your life. All right, that's the B. B stands for build my life around Christ. What's the A stand for? The A stands for accept. Accept what? Accept my humanity. That means I stop trying to pretend that I have all the answers, that I can solve everybody's problem, that I can meet everyone's need, that I can fulfill everyone's expectations. You've got to remember and realize, friend, you have limitations. You can't internalize everyone's problems. And when you play God that way, you end up out of balance, overworking. Isaiah 40, 28 says, do you not know? Have you not heard? It's not you. It's the Lord that is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. Every time you get tired, it's a reminder that there is a one true God, and you're not it. There's only one who never grows tired or weary. And we think, well, it's all going to crash down if I don't keep this thing going. No, it's not. It's going to keep going. You're not the general manager of the universe. You can't please everybody. Even God can't please everybody. Can you imagine all the contradicting prayers God hears all the time? You're praying this light will turn green. They're praying the light will turn green. You're praying it's going to rain. Someone else is praying it's going to be sunny. God's hearing contradicting questions and requests all the time. He doesn't try to please everybody. You think you can? You can't meet everybody's expectations, not even your own. Okay? It's not, it's not just other people that do this to us. We do it to ourselves. You might relate to this. You might see yourself in this. But this week... I had a really, really good idea. I'm not going to tell you what it is because then you're going to wish I would have done it. But I had a really, really good idea. And uh, I started working on that idea. And it started to become much more difficult than I expected it to be as some things I totally didn't expect happened this week. And so I just started feeling all this pressure to make this thing happen. And I'm going to make this thing happen. And I just even started, man, life is such a grind. Ministry is such a grind. This is so hard. And then I step back and realize no one was pressuring me on this. All the pressure on this good idea was only coming from me. From me. It was just a good idea that I came up with. God, this the idea didn't even come from God. It was just a good idea I came up with. But not every good idea has to be done. So I accepted my humanity and let it go and breathed a sigh of relief. And can I tell you, my friend, not all the pressure in your life is coming from your teacher, coming from your boss, coming from other people. We do it to ourselves, too. I've got to do these extracurricular activities. I've got to play multiple sports so I stay in shape in the off-season. I've got to remodel the bathroom. I've got to get another degree. I've got, to, uh, I've got to work ahead in class. I've got to start this side hustle. I've got to throw my kid a birthday party. No, you don't! Can I just break some chains in your life today? You don't have to do all that. Your kid will survive. They'll be, they'll be okay. They'll make it to next year's birthday. It's going to be all right. 
Psalm 119.73 says, God, you made my body, Lord. Now give me sense (laughs) to heed your laws. And you've got to accept your humanity. What's the L in balance stand for? It stands for limit my labor. I've got to limit my labor. Just like a bow and arrow, a bow that is constantly strung tight, it loses its power. Your life was not meant to be, uh, to be under constant stress. It's got to be unstrung periodically. We can't live under constant tension. Now, I don't know anybody who works harder than single parents because you have so much responsibility on you and you're trying to care for your kids and there's just no opportunity to let things go. You're always on the go. And so if you have a friend or family member who's a single parent, Uh, you really need to make sure you're easing up on your expectations of how often you ask them to be certain places at certain times. And what, what I'm talking about when we talk about limiting our labor is not some pop psychology or good advice. Uh, It's such a big deal. God put it in the Ten Commandments. In Exodus, it says this. God says, you have six days in which to do your work, but the seventh day is a day of rest dedicated to everything else that you have to do dedicated to all the good things that you come up with. No, it's dedicated, he says, to me. Dedicate that day. you got six days to dedicate to everything else in you. Dedicate that one to me. Up there with don't make any idols, he says, take a day off every seven days. Why? Because God knew he wired you to be in a rhythm of work and rest, and our best requires rest. Six days don't mean anything if you get burnt out and you can't do it. This principle is called the Sabbath. And the Sabbath simply means that. It means a day of rest. A day of rest. And God expects us to just observe a Sabbath every seven days. Why? Well, notice what Jesus says in Mark 2. He says, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of the people and not the people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. And what he had done is he had stepped into a culture that had added all of these extra rules and framework to the Sabbath. And they say, you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do this, you got to do this, you can't do this on the Sabbath. And Jesus steps in and he's trying to do good things on the Sabbath. He's trying to be a benefit to people. And they're saying, whoa, 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 you can't do this. And he's saying, what? This was supposed to meet your need. This was supposed to be a good thing. This was supposed to be a benefit to you. And you've just added all of these rules and turned it into another burden. I was trying to relieve a burden. Now, in the book of Colossians in the New Testament, it says that God isn't really caring about even what day your Sabbath is, that we get so concerned about the rules. And he says, don't get so wrapped up in the law of this. The law has been fulfilled. But catch the principle of balance. So what do you do on your Sabbath? How can we just catch from God this principle of Sabbath? If the goal is to rest, well, there's three ways that we get fatigued. This is not in your notes. You may want to write this down because the three things I'm going to give you are the answers to this. We get physical fatigue. And this is where your muscles uh, get tired and your body gets tired. We have emotional fatigue. And this is when you just can't take it anymore. Can't solve one more problem. Can't take one more phone call. Can't solve one more problem. We also get spiritual fatigue. Spiritual fatigue, that's when 
uh, your heart dries up and you don't feel close to God anymore. And when you pray, you don't feel like anyone's listening. So what, what could our, how could we limit our labor? What could our day of rest look like to help us with these three, three fatigues? The first one is we've got to rest our body. Rest our body. Have you noticed that if you don't take time off, your body will take time off for you? You'll get a headache. Your back will go out. You'll get an illness. You'll get the flu. Whatever. Your body's going to take time off whether you do it or not. So we rest our body. The second thing we do if we get emotional fatigue, well, we need to recharge our emotions. And this is going to mean different things for different people. Okay, you, the, for some, the, we enjoy different activities. There's different types of people. They want to be around relationships that build us up on that day, not deplete us. And recharge ourselves, maybe through quietness or whatever that is for you. But then third, if we get spiritual fatigue, we need to refocus our spirit. Refocus our spirit. Now there's a, there's a theological word for this, a purpose word. It's called worship. And worship is when you focus on God instead of focusing on all your problems. If all you do is solve problems in your life, all you've done is lived and died for your problems. And you've got to have times where you focus on something bigger than your problems. Some people are living for their problems. To live for God, you've got to refocus your spirit. You've got to worship Him. Have you ever had a time where you've come into church and you're just exhausted I mean, it was everything you could do to get there that day. And you've got all these problems, and they're so big in your mind. And through singing to God, through opening your mouth and ascribing to God His Word, through hearing a message from God's Word, through getting together with some other Christians, you leave and you say, God's still on His throne. God's not dead. He's going to be with me. He's going to take care of me. This is where the power and peace come from. And too often, when we're overwhelmed, when we're stressed out, we want peace and quiet, when really what we need is the peace of Christ. Worshipers can make it through anything. Worshipers can make it through the worst chaos. Worshipers can make it through the biggest crises. And we don't only need peace and quiet, what we really need is the peace of Christ. We need to refocus our spirit, and we need to worship Him. So the L is for limiting our labor. What's the A stand for in balance? The A stands for adjust. I've got to adjust my values. Here's why. Because when our schedule gets out of whack, it's really because our values have gotten out of balance. The Bible says that one of the reasons we overwork is materialism, which is obviously a wrong value. I love this. Solomon in Ecclesiastes 4.4 just tells it like it is. I've also learned why people... Uh, who they work so hard to succeed it's because they envy the things their neighbors have you can't have everything your neighbor has and live a balanced life they're stressed out too you can't live to impress people and live a balanced life they don't coexist you can't do those two things at the same time you can't keep up with the joneses and live a balanced life Mark 8, 36, Jesus says it this way, what good is it for someone to gain the whole world, to get the promotion, to achieve all their goals, to do whatever, yet forfeit their soul? It's not worth the price of your soul. And one of the reasons why Americans have such a hard time relaxing is we have confused our work with our worth. 
And we think the more fulfilling my job is, the more I'm worth. The more I achieve, the more I'm worth. We have confused our self-worth with our net worth. And it's all a lie. It's just not true. Your identity has nothing to do with how fulfilling your career is. It has to do with who God made you to be. And we think if I achieve a lot, then I'm worth more. And so I'll just keep working to prove my worth. God proves your worth. Ecclesiastes 4, 6 says, it's better. Come on, it is better to, only have, to have only a little with peace of mind, which is really what we're all looking for, than to be busy all the time. The greatest things in life are not things. And to be balanced, we must adjust our values. We've got to adjust our values. What's the N in balance stand for? The N stands for nourish. Nourish what? I've got to nourish my inner life. Inside each and every one of us is an internal flame. And we have to tend to that flame. That flame is what gives us a reason to get up in the morning. It's a fire that has to be tended. If you don't tend it, if you don't nourish that fire, you will find that it goes out eventually. People call it burning out, flaming out. And then you're trying to live your life and meet other people's needs from very cold embers rather than a blazing fire. I have learned that the more I tend to that fire, the more strength and joy I have to face life regardless of the circumstances. The more I tend to that fire, the more it doesn't matter the circumstances around me. They're not dictating my happiness, my joy, my significance. That fire is. And if you find yourself facing life from a very dead, cold, empty vantage point, know that you have allowed the fire to be dimmed. How do you know if the fire is dimming? One way you know is that you're irritable all the time. The least little things bug you. Another way you know the fire has been dimmed is you can't handle it when anyone disagrees with you. Another way you know the fire is dimming is you can't handle a delay or an interruption or a stoplight. It's a sign you need to nourish your inner life a little bit. Because our society is going to try to convince you to live your life externally. To live your life from the outside in. To make sure everything looks good on the outside and hopefully it will cover up what's on the inside. Listen, our community, guys, has all the same problems as any place in this city, in Kansas City. The only difference is we cover it up with our painted front doors and our garage doors. We make it look better. But what does it matter if every weed is pulled and everything is organized, and your car is washed, and your desk is clean, if on the inside there is death, and bitterness, and rage, and frustration, and unforgiveness, and addiction. God tells us we're to live our lives from the inside out, not the outside in. And we do that by tending this inner life, this inner fire. So what have you stopped paying attention to, or stopped doing Uh, Because you're just too busy praying, doing fun stuff with your spouse, spending time with your kids, serving, small group with people who are going to build you up and, and help you tend to that inner life and that inner fire. Charles Swindoll, uh, in his great book, Growing Strong Through the Seasons of Life, 
talks about one time how he went to a beautiful home uh, where there was this amazing stone fireplace and a big wood mantle. He could see something carved into the mantle. He went up and read, if your heart is cold, my fires cannot warm you. A three-car garage cannot warm a cold heart. A promotion cannot warm a cold heart. A two-week vacation cannot warm a cold heart. A successful business cannot warm a cold heart. What will warm a cold heart is getting in contact with the living God. Psalm 119 says, I delight, I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. And if you're finding that the fire has gone out, it's time to get back in contact with the living God. In 2 Corinthians, it says, Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we're wasting away, but we don't live from the outside in. We live from the inside out, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. In Luke, it says this, that Jesus often slipped away to be alone so he could pray. If Jesus had to slip away to pray, I got to too. And if I'm following Jesus, and this is what he's often doing, I'm going to follow him to that place. And it's time to let him begin to warm your heart again. To be balanced, you've got to end, nourish your inner life. What's the C stand for? The C stands for commit my schedule to God. And you've got to do this daily. I have to do this moment by moment. Each day, you and I have to commit our schedules to God. Knowing for an absolute fact Life is not going to cooperate with your schedule. Have you noticed that life really does, it could not care less what is or is not on your to-do list? Life does not consult with you. The baby doesn't care what you have to do the next day. It does, the baby doesn't check with you first. Life does not check with you first. And you've got to commit your schedule to God. This is why our memory verse this week is Psalm 31, 15. Read it out loud with me. My times are in your hands. Some of you didn't get in on that. Let's do it again. My times are in your hands. God, you created me. You appointed my days. You know when I'm going to be born, when I'm going to die. You know everything about my life. And you know what I'm supposed to be doing on any given day. And you've given me just enough time to accomplish your will, Lord. In Matthew 9, there is an amazing story of Jesus on his way to heal a dying child. And in the midst of this emergency on his way, a woman who has had a chronic illness for over 20 years stops him. And he stops to heal her. It tells me a lot about Jesus. It tells me that he understood this principle. That his father understood where he was supposed to be at any given moment in time. And he was willing to be bendable. He was willing to be flexible. And let God show him where he was supposed to be and who he was supposed to be serving. Read through the Gospels. Almost all of the amazing things. Almost every miracle is an interruption. It's Jesus being bendable and flexible. They don't happen if he doesn't commit his schedule to God. And so we say, God, I've got my ideas of where I think I'm supposed to be this week and today. I've got my ideas of what I'm supposed to accomplish. But here's this interruption. And bring God into it. God, do you want me to stop for this? You know where I'm supposed to be on any given day. And give that schedule to him. God sets up the seasons in our life. There's one last key to living a balanced life, and that's the E, and that is to enjoy, enjoy each moment. 
Is it possible to get so focused on a goal that you don't enjoy the right now? Ecclesiastes 3.13, all of us should enjoy what we have worked for. It's really God's gift anyway. And balanced people learn how to be happy while they're working on the goals. You know, I have an image of my mind of a person. Uh, I call him Future Ryland. And Future Ryland, oh, you'd love him. Uh, he's got everything under control. There's so much margin in his life. And uh, he never gets impatient with his kids. And car problems, no trouble. Got time for that. Not going to throw anything or lash out about that. And Future Ryland, he's got his basement cleaned out. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Future Ryland's got it all together. Oh, you'd love him so much. But sometimes I get so fixated on Future Ryland, I miss the opportunities God has given me today. The Ryland that, that God wants serving people today, making the most of it today. I can get so fixated on Future Ryland that I'm trying to become like an image of Future Ryland in my mind than trying to become like Christ. And my goal is not Future Ryland, my goal is Christ. Christ living in me. That's the goal of life. The goal of life is not to become some perfect image of yourself. The goal of life is to know God personally through Jesus Christ and become more like him and his character to where you use the gifts that he gave you for his glory. And we can't do that if we're not thankful for the moments and the opportunities today. Listen, you can get everything right. Your schedule, time management, money management, days off, vacation time, all of it, right. It still doesn't meet your biggest need because your biggest need is salvation. Your biggest need is to get plugged into the power of God and put Christ at the center of your life. Physical fatigue can be cured by rest, but there's only one person strong enough to bring your spirit back to life And that's the one who is strong enough to rise from the dead and come out of that grave. It's Jesus Christ. And you can get everything else right. It doesn't matter if you don't come back to life in Jesus' name and get plugged back into God's power. And if your spirit has dried up, I'm sorry, friend, a two-week vacation will do nothing for it. You'll come back all the same problems. And you need more than that. You need to get plugged into the power of God and put Christ at the center of your life, at the hub of your life. Jesus said this in Matthew, come to me, all of you who are tired and have heavy loads, and I will give you so much more to do. And some people don't want to follow Christ because they're like, I'm sorry, my weekends are busy. My Sunday mornings are a little busy right now. I've already got enough to do. But you will find that when you follow Jesus Christ, he relieves so much more than he adds on. He may add some things to your schedule. But he relieves so much more than he adds on, I guarantee you. And he'll give you a life and values that will matter for eternity. You'll get to the end of your life and say, no regrets. And he'll exchange your pressure for his peace and power. This is what it says. Come to me, all of you who are tired and have heavy loads, and I will give you rest. The load I give you to carry is light. And if you came into church carrying a heavy load today, it did not come from God. It did not come from Jesus Christ. And God will never put more on you than he puts in you to bear it up. Let's pray together. Dear God, I want to build my life around Christ. 
I've let other things take the center and become the hub. God, I realize I can't meet everybody's needs. I can't solve everybody's problems. God, would you help me to adjust my values? Help me to realize it is, it's better to have a little with peace of mind than be busy all the time. God, today, just on the outset of this week, we commit our schedule to you. My times are in your hands. My times are in your hands. Knowing that you have a plan and a purpose even greater than the interruptions I face. God, I come to you today. God, I give you my heavy load. Just open up your hands before him and say, God, I give you my heavy load in exchange for your light load. I give you my pressure for your peace and power. I want to follow you. I want you to be the center of my life. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We would love for you to get connected to what's going on at Rockbrook Church. Visit us online at rockbrook.org for service times, small group information, and other ways you can discover your purpose here on earth.